Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Good evening, or afternoon, or morning, and welcome to this week's edition of Diz After Dark, not sponsored by KFC. I'm Soap Dish, and I'm joined tonight by the ever-present Mr. P. Does Paul Washington. Hello, fuckers. And the returning gent himself, R. Craig. Hello, duckers. I've I've got to be clean because my wife says I'm too smarty on this podcast. She's got a point. So I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna swear or or nothing. Are we we taking bets on this? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very short odds. It's probably not even worth taking a bet to be completely honest. But uh, but there you go. Um, Right. So we've got quite a lot to cover this week. Um, even with the absence of three other members of the team, we've still got quite a lot to cover. So, um, let's crack straight in um, and ask what everybody's drinking. I'm going to go to Mr. Lucas. I am drinking a Johnny Walker Platinum Label, 18-year-old blended scotch. Scotch, I've oh, just poured scotch. it into a... Oh, there it is. That's not me weeing. That's me scotch. Oh, that's a treble. Bollocks. Oops. <laughs> There we go, and the flag is down. One minute and 27 (laughs) seconds after I hit the record button, and the first swear from Craig is out there already. In fact, if we're tallying this up, I'm the only one yet to have sworn, so yay on me. Um, P-Dubs, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm recovering from a 14-mile run yesterday, so I'm I'm on the old chocolate milk again. Chucky, chucky! I'm on the old chocolate starfish again. (laughs) What's uh, is it? Just a, a, a supermarket brand of chocolate milk, or is it a? Uh, uh... Yeah, it's just all day. All day. Oh, Ooh. that's me. Other supermarkets are available. Yes, unfortunately, near nearest to me is a little. Oh, um... do you know what? I I started listening to Disney Brit again while I was on holiday. <laughs> they oh, yeah. literally copy. They literally copy everything that we say. Well, that, that's that's what we started off the show last week about. I still haven't listened to this. So I still don't know. We probably shouldn't give them too many plugs because if people like this podcast, they won't go and listen to that because it's the same content. But um, so, so, what did you hear that you thought? Hang on a second. Oh, it's just all our catchphrases. Oh, mine's a tiddler. <laughs> oh, vaginal discharge. Beef, you can have that one. Beef Adam. curtains. He like, he oh, that's curtains. A, that is a classic. If you go back through the archives of Disney Brit. Back in the day, it's got to be four years ago, five years ago now, I messaged him and said, look, put this word into the podcast 
and um, so I'll know. I mean, you can have a little titter that I've I've said it, and and you've and he, he worked it in, and the word that I put in was beef curtains, mm-hmm. and he was like, I can't remember the context, but it was like, oh, Mickey Mouse's head, his ears are like a pair of beef curtains, mm-hmm. and there's, there's just stunned silence on the podcast. It was me and Lee Mallaby knew about it. Oh, we were crying. Me and Mallers. <laughs> The old orange-headed buffoon. <laughs> he he's uh, sadly missed. Other oh, forms of heads are available. <laughs> Not quite as human. And other though. types of fruit. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. So one thing that we've—I wouldn't say we've been putting off, but one thing that we've talked about uh, wanting to do. Our Craig <laughs> had been to Florida recently, um, and for. Um, our patron listeners, we actually put out some... Craig had recorded some audio, didn't you, Craig? Yeah, well, I say some audio. Basically, two podcasts worth of audio of the parks. I didn't tot it up. Um, no, I know, I but just, I had to edit I, it. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> I literally... Um, I recorded the audio like we record this podcast. So it was it was all in time order. It was time-specific. And I'd just be like, right, we're walking here. Here's 30 seconds of audio. Right, we're walking here. And we just stuck it all together, I think, didn't you, Nick? I, I did lose the will to live. No, it was... Um, <laughs> no, it was It was good. I mean, um, what I love about what you do when you do that is it, it just brings back... Uh, well, to me, it brings back memories. Yeah. Because just hearing, like, even just, like, the ambience of the parks, it just takes you back there. So I love that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of content like that. Um, I know I th- it was. Is, does that podcast still go? Which uh, was it called? Window to oh, Magic. Oh, with the Paul Barry. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. I used to love listening to that, but yeah, I don't anymore. Well, so. I mean, the problem is, is that it's great to listen to. But like, if you listen to it too much, it's overkill. That's 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 when I stop listening to it because obviously it's it's very similar things. You'd hear the monorail and stuff like that. But I think when you want a, a kind of pick me up or a, a reminder of, of past times, it's lovely to have out there. So he um, put up. I think he did it for mouse meat, mouse vent, or he did it for the. Um, Disney Dream Girls Christmas podcasting, and it was just some audio of one of the Disney buses. Wow! And and yeah, but the people on the bus, he just was taping it, like because he just literally walks and tapes all the time. Mm. And he had this audio on the bus, and people broke out singing um, Christmas songs, uh, Christmas hymns. It's proper Christmassy. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. you, you have to buy special earphones for that. And they basically they kind of work in reverse. So instead of keeping it sound in your ears, it records sound out from the outside of your head. It's very uh, very strange. But um, yeah, so we did that and we released that to our Patreon listeners, and we might at some point release that to the general public as well. But um, that was just pretty much your your time out there, and you did a little bit of. A, a review at times but it, it was more about what was going on in your holiday and that experience so really and I know you've, you've talked a little bit about it on, on Universal but 
um, it'd be nice to just hear about your your Disney experience. Yeah, definitely. I mean, where do you want me to start? We stayed in the beach club. I'd start at the beginning, mate. To be honest, rather than like midway through, because then you have to go backwards <laughs> and forwards. And well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> how was your flight? How was your flight? Well, we were premium economy with Virgin, so you get to um, <laughs> you get your own check in. So we've we've never done that before, so that was nice. And then we went and had some beer and Prosecco and some breakfast in the airport. Security was phenomenal. So hang on, just 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 to step what? back a little bit. So you got your own check-in. What does that mean? You're not with the masses. You've got premium economy check-in. So you you oh, just right. So you've got a, like a separate check-in yeah, yeah. for you. Okay, right. Okay. So that speeds up the process. Mm. Then you walk through to security where you're with the masses, and Rubber gloves, twenty minutes if that, twenty minutes. Okay, not a problem. I think it's all hype. All this. If you if you do all your bags sensibly, if you don't strap bacon round your middle torso and stick eggs up your arse, I think you're laughing. Do you know what I mean? It's wasn't a problem. Um, I think if you stick eggs up your arse, you might be laughing. <laughs> Uh, and then don't go to Frankie and Benny's in Manchester Airport for your breakfast because they're queuing up round the block to get in. We went to the bar stroke restaurant across the way. Can't remember what it was called. Spent about 80 quid on breakfast. I had eggs Benedict oh. uh, and two pints of beer. Uh, I think it comes to about 80 quid for the uh, the eight of us, maybe more. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. top tip for everybody: um, don't worry just about Manchester Airport. Just don't go to Frankie and Benny's anywhere. They're really, <laughs> really shit. Generally, I'm not after their sponsorship, so I don't mind saying that. Unless they do want to sponsor us, um, the flight them. was flight was uneventful. Um, we had seventy odd films to pick from. I didn't watch any. I read a book. <laughs> a book. A book. Was it one of uh, Christopher Ripley's books? No, actually, it was a, a book <laughs> on autism written by a Japanese child. Are you being serious? No, no, I'm serious. Yeah, that does sound quite fascinating. It was. Uh, it, I can tell you what it's called, even because I've got it on my <laughs> iPad. It was a thoroughly uh, riveting read. It helps you understand what's going on. Mm. Um, in the child's head, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm was... doing a bit of reading like that at the moment myself, so that's why I'm intrigued. The Reason I Jump, it was called. Reason I Jump? Yeah. I think I've heard of that. I haven't read it, oh, it... and I haven't read it, but I think I've heard of that. The Reason I Jump, I didn't realise that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah so I've read that. Um, Ari was sitting next to me. She slept most of the way. We had our car from... Alamo, and we had express check-in. So again, that was very, very quickly. Always take your cases with you at Orlando when you get off. Don't put your cases on the travel eater and get on the monorail yourself. Take your cases with you because you get your cases off the off the wheel thing, and then you give your cases back to them, and you get on the the monorail then to the exit, right. and then you have to. Then you have to go to another carousel and pick your cases up again. 
So don't do that. Just take them with you. Okay. Saves a lot of time. And then if you have got a car, try and do the premium checkout. Dead easy. You literally take the piece of paper with a barcode on, they scan it, they say, go and pick any car you want. So you don't have to go and queue up. You don't have to listen to all the bullshit of the, of the upsell of get this car instead. Do you want a sat-nav? You don't get none of that. You just go and pick a car and then you just drive out. And you do your credit card stuff on the way out. Saves a lot of time. Yeah, because I think, I, I know people get kind of a bit confused with the whole credit card thing because... Do, do they actually charge something on it, or is it just taking? It, it's a fuel. Um, if you want to bring the t- bring the tank back empty, if you want to bring the tank back full, what do you want to do? Do you want to pay their price for the fuel to fill it? You know, and they also they charge us for a late return, which I kicked off on, and I got my money back. So that's they could just do that instantly. Um, if you go into the Disney Universal area, you're more than likely going to be on the toll road. Mm. So top tip, it was I think we spent un, it was under four dollars on the toll road to get to the Disney Universal area. Mm. So if you can have dollar bills, or we always have, we always bring all our quarters back with us that we have on holiday, then we've got change for when we go back. Yeah, because if I remember correctly, when we did that, the last time we went, they tried, when we was picking up the car, they tried to get us to buy a permit. Yeah, and, and you don't much, need it. No, I can't remember how much the permit was, but they said, oh, you can have the permit for the thing. I said, well, if we don't buy the permit, what happens? And they went, oh, you have to pay for every toll. But I, I think we spent about $8 on tolls yeah. in, in like three weeks. So it was fine. We, we went through... Through two toll booths to get to Universal because we were going to the Hard Rock first to check in, mm. and and it was a sum total of about four dollars, yeah, max maximum. So just bear that in mind. But anyway, getting onto the Disney section of the holiday, Universal was all right. We loved it. Goes and checks in at the Beach Club. This this is a piece de resistance of a hotel is absolutely beautiful it blew, blew us away you, you drive up and you dr- you park your car outside and they come and un- unload all your, your cases for you uh, and the, the bellboys take them up to your room and all that and you tip them and everything like that and the check-in process there was this round a little round American with glasses on with an iPad and he just checked us in with the minimum of fuss. What's your name? Lucas, bang, bang. Here's your magic bands. That's it, you checked in. Do you want to register the card? Yeah, here's your card. You can spend on your magic band now. Here's your, set up your pin. That was it. It was literally five minutes to check in. Wow. Not at a desk, just standing there with an iPad. Absolutely. I mean, that's... That's one of the things that they do so well compared to Disneyland Paris. Because <laughs> when you go to Disneyland Paris, and Paul, I know you'll know this extremely well, yeah. you end up in a queue. doesn't matter what time of day you go. I mean, if you go there when a coach has just arrived or the Eurostars has pulled in, I mean, you're, you're going to be there for a while. But it always seems to be there's a queue no matter what time of day you get there. And then you have to fill out all this paperwork. 
And it's like, yeah. you know, you've, you've already booked all this stuff online. Like, whether you booked it at Disney Direct or you booked, you know, last time we, we sat at Disney Hotel, we booked it through Expedia. But we've done all this information online and then you've got to fill out all these forms and wait for cards and stuff. And it's just seems so backwards. And, and there you go, like an iPad and yeah. you're in. No, the- Newport Bay, the last time we went, we went to one stand... He gave us the paperwork, then said, "Oh, go and queue there while you're filling out the form and see someone else." So it's not even just one person. It was it was seamless, mm. honest to God, right? And I think if you're an American and you've um, you've got your magic bands all red because they get posted out of the houses. Yeah. Um, as as Brits, we have to go to and pick them up. When can you, you get not, there, can you not? Old, I, I'm sure I've seen people in the UK have them sent to them. They might no. do. There might be a glitch in the system, but we didn't. We couldn't get them because you do do the check-in process before you you go. So you do everything online. What your preferred room is? I mean, the, the room we got we got an upgraded room. Basically, we got a room with a view. Um, so we were looking out over the lake. And so you could see the boardwalk, you could see the lighthouse. It was absolutely perfect view. Um, but I think, yeah, I think the Americans can just turn up and just go to their room. They get they get a text telling them which room number they're in. Yeah, you know, so, you so don't even have to go to check in anymore. But flipping it back to Universal, the hard rock is still very much like Disneyland Paris. So you have to queue up. You have to, you know, like a traditional hotel. You have to queue up, and you have to go to the front, and you have to give all your details in. Then she gives you a room key each. Then you have to do your express passes each, and then blah blah blah. You know, it's all this big, long, convoluted thing. Whereas Disney, they just know how to do it. The room was beautiful. Uh, it was immaculate. Two two queen size beds, I think they were. Um, Kids had one bed, we had the other bed. Uh, the view, like I say, was beautiful. It was big enough. We had a, a joining room with Carla and Phil, my brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and their kids, um, which we kept that door locked unless we needed to talk to them. You know, so we had our own space when we needed it. Um, the marketplace in the, the the beach club, you just got you just got to know the staff. You know, within two days of being there. They knew you, and you you knew them. Yeah, you know it, it was just just a perfect hotel, absolutely beautiful. And the location is just you think it's you know you read and you see the vlogs uh, of you can you are literally a five minute walk from Epcot and a ten minute boat ride to um, Hollywood Studios. So it's just perfectly placed. We we did have higher cars and we didn't need them. Uh, we spent I think five hundred dollars each, five hundred pounds each on two seven seaters, and we didn't need them. Once we got to, on Disney property, we used them cars about four times. Mm. So, well, it's always something to consider. I mean, I think it it really depends on what you're looking to do. And for you, you'd already done... You'd started off at the Hard Rock, so you'd done your Universal, whilst when we stayed at Pop Century, we were going to Universal as well. So it made sense for us to have a car, because 
getting to uni- like Universal to Disney World isn't very easy. You would need to get a cab or a, an Uber or, or something. You wouldn't be able to get there very easy. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think if you're kind of looking to stay on property for the rest of your trip, then you probably didn't need the car. No, we and in hindsight, but that's that's planning in it and experience mm. and learning, you know. The Tis After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hi, this is Wendy Prater at Magical Journeys Travel, proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. How can you be prepared for your next Disney vacation? By booking with me. You don't want to be that guy that's stuck in the crowds, waiting in the four-hour Pandora lines, and being turned away at restaurants. Contact me at WPMagicJourneys.com. Tell me you heard this ad at Dis After Dark to get $25 off your deposit. Best of all, there's no charge for my services, so Hakuna Matata, because you will... We nearly, this is a, a topic for another podcast episode, but we nearly bought DVC while we were there. Right. We were so close. And I won't go into any more than that, but we, we're going to struggle now to stay off property. Right. It was it was so convenient. We, we is... had the dine. You're going to. We had the dine and plan. Hmm. So we ate at... So many Chef Mickey's, um, Crystal Palace. Uh, oh God, what are the Buffies? Tusker House. Tusker House. Tusker House. Yeah, you know. So we we sort of did a, a rough tot up per family, and we think it was somewhere in the region of three thousand dollars per family we just spent on that two week, just on food in Disney. You know. Some of them buffies, the the bills, you, because there was a a party of eight. Now you have to bear this in mind if if you are on the dining plan. If if you're in a party of eight, regardless of whether you are two separate bookings, which we were, they automatically charge you eighteen percent gratuity. Now we had we were in um, the sci-fi diner. We had a below an average uh, server she did her job but it was you know it wasn't a good experience it wasn't a bad yeah it wasn't a bad experience but it wasn't a good experience you know everything was too much trouble type of thing Um, and we were still finding our feet in respect of the magic bands and how to tip so when when the bill comes out we were writing on the bill that on this one in particular that we were paying cash, 
and not to charge it to the room because when they bring the bills out, when you're on the dining plan and you're on property, they just say, oh, yeah, just sign it there and that, that tip's going to go automatically onto your room. Mm. So we were trying to keep them, to, you know, try and not run up a big bill on the room. So we were trying to keep it separate. So we, we said, no, we're, we're going to pay cash. All oh, right, okay, well, you just write on it that you're paying cash and then you just write in what you've paid and then sign it. So with this girl, um, we paid cash for the tip. When we get back to the hotel that night, she's had our cash and it was like 18%. It was like $22, $23 per family. Mm. And then she char- we'd been charged on the room at, as well for the same tip. It isn't so she- the first time I've heard people getting caught like that. So we'd had double bubble. So I speak to to reception and they said, oh, yeah, there's nothing we can do. It's got to go through this this system, that system, and the other system. So I was just like, oh, do you know what? I'm on holiday. Whatever. She's had me off. Um, I'll write it off. I sees my brother-in-law the next morning. He said, oh, yeah, I went down after you and I got my refund. <laughs> So I said, give us your receipt. So we went in the bin and he got his, his receipt out. And I went down and I said, this is the next morning. I said, I'd like, you know, I told the whole story again. And you told me I couldn't have it, but I'd like the refund, please. Oh, no, we've got to go through this system, that system, the other system. It's two different pots of money. And I said, OK, well, here's my brother-in-law's receipt from last night where you give him the refund. <laughs> Okay, say so we'll put that right on your on your account immediately, and we got the refund immediately. That's bloody cheeky. That's really cheeky. And one thing I hate, and um, I don't know if um, if anyone's been listening to Diz Down Under, but um, they were talking on on their one of their episodes about the tipping culture in America, and obviously they're Australian, so the tipping culture is different. Our tipping culture in the UK is different. And one thing I can't get my head around anyway is. Like not the fact that they they put tips on everything because I understand that you know they're paid badly out there um, and tipping is a way of of making up that income. I don't agree with that, but that is what what they do in America. So that's what they do. But I don't get the fact that they give you a receipt and you're supposed to write in there what your tip's going to be. Like in pen, in pencil, doesn't matter. And then you leave a bit of paper with somebody, and then off it goes. Because well, what I, what I will say is, if you listen to the latest Diz Unplug, Pete Wayne is going on about the the uh, strike that's impending, the, the negotiating this year's pay deal, basically with Disney and the unions. Mm. And a Disney cast member is on ten dollars an hour, the minimum wage in America. Mm. A Disney cast member who is a waitress or a waiter is on approximately five or six dollars an hour. Mm. So that is pathetic. But, uh, you know, and the thing is, Disney aren't the only ones guilty of this. It's very I common in that, in that industry that that's what they do. They underpay their staff on a basic wage because they know they're going to make it up on tips. Um, and to be honest, we do get it a little bit in the UK as well. I know of, uh, you know, in some... Um, chains of restaurants have got in trouble for it because there is a legal minimum wage and they've been deliberately paying un- underpaying people 
because oh well they'll get tips for that um and i remember even going back to when i used to work in uh that industry i worked in a bar and uh my manager said you know you've got to put you know if you're doing cocktails you've got to do it with flair and do this and that he said you know you've got to work for tips and i'm like mate we're in east london we don't get tips here like that's not the culture do you know what i mean like that's you might get that in london you might even get that in in big cities but you definitely don't get that on in the suburbs um and uh i, I don't agree but the fact that you have a receipt and you could write ten dollars in that receipt and then find out you're later charged a hundred dollars because somebody has, has added a zero to it because you know they you know prove it prove yeah it. i mean in but and I, and I, I know it's a very and, and it does happen but i appreciate it's a very small part of, of of people that could happen to but just the fact that that's even a thing just shocks me in disney the the 18 percent gratuity because there's eight of you in the party is automatically printed on the receipt hmm. and all you literally do is sign that receipt so what we did going forward then is we charged our tips to the rooms hmm. And it was a lot easier then because every couple of days you just go in and settle. But the problem is, is that so with that with the sci-fi diner, you you paid your eighteen percent, but really you shouldn't have paid your eighteen percent because, like to me, they should get what the base, you know, what they think the recommended tip is for, based on the service you get. If you've not had that service, leave a tip, but. It should be ten percent, twelve percent, whatever. But yeah. you're, you're kind of, con- you know, you you almost feel obliged because of that to then go. Well, I'm not going to argue with it when really you should do because that person is getting away getting the tips that she should do for subpar work. We we've done it in Disney. We've when we've been on our own, a party of four, mm. and we've had terrible, terrible service, and we have left the ultimate insult of a dollar tip. Wow, you know I've done it, but generally as a rule, you're on holiday, so you you know you you let it go a little bit. But she wasn't she wasn't bad, but she wasn't good. She just did her job. She didn't make eye contact with you. You know she was she was just one of them. Mm. But we learned from it and we moved on. Um, I won't go into all like day by day blow account. Um, I'll say the best place we ate was the Italian restaurant in Hollywood Studios. Oh, God. What's it called? Paul, what? P-Dubs knows it. Come on, P-Dubs. Mama Melrose. That's the one. Now, we were doing the Fantasmic dinner package, right? Mm. So, But we were eating at lunchtime at one o'clock to get out the midday sun. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've always walked past there and I've always thought, that looks a bit shit, that. The theme in, in, that, in that restaurant is absolutely phenomenal, right? We had a fantastic server. And when, when we, we had this brilliant table, big table of eight, and we'd done basically everything at Hollywood Studios at that point because we'd been there a few times because we were so close. So we were a bit, bit relaxed, basically, Hold on while I just cough. And we didn't have anywhere to go. 
she comes out and she goes, oh, you're on the Fantasmic Dinner Package. Um, but you can pick, on the dining plan, it's a main course and a dessert. But because we were on the Fantasmic Dinner Package, we could pick a, a start at a main course and a dessert. Ooh. So we thought, well, let's 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 chill out here. So we started ordering the beer. We started ordering the bottles of Prosecco. So she's now getting a lot more tip. Mm. You know, so she literally, what we wanted, we got. Do you know what I mean? She was absolutely amazing. And we were there for a good two and a half hours, just kicking back, having some beers, eating some beautiful food. I can't remember what we ate. I've slept since then. I didn't. I didn't take pictures and I didn't take notes. I had, I know I had the steak. I'll tell you that because it was on the dining plan. Um, but she looked after us, and do you know what she did? She goes, "Right, you're on the Fantasmic dinner package. Here's your tickets, but we've got a load of tickets going spare for the Pixar music um, orchestra evening thing, whatever." dinner package going spare so here's a load the tickets for that as well wow so we got reserved seating in the Pixar one as well and it was just that was brilliant and for everything that's going on in Hollywood Studios all the closures and all the building work that theme park is still phenomenal and so that's always been my thing it's not so much about the attractions in that park it's it's everything else there's just something about that park that's different to everything else for me. Mm. And that that's my main concern. Like what you're saying, it's the pure theme and the atmosphere. Which um, they're slowly chipping away at. Which they're chipping away at, and I just don't want them to kill it. Mm. I, I don't think they will, because for them to destroy what's there, they'd have to knock everything down that's there. Do you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, I think I think it's still going to have that structure of the park, isn't it, with Hollywood Boulevard and Sunset. I don't think that's going anywhere. And I think that's, that's the whole thing that holds that park up. Yeah. Now, they seem to be doing a lot of extra little things, like this Pixar thing. That was one of the best things I've ever seen. You know, when, um, when Up come on, and... I just looked sideways. Kerry was sobbing. My sister-in-law was sobbing. Carla was sobbing. Eve was sobbing. Me and Grace just looked at them like started laughing. But that was a brilliant... But then, uh, then Ratatouille came on and, and then I bought yes. <laughs> Yeah, Ratatouille come on and then uh, they were throwing rat shit at each other. But <laughs> stuff like that... Which they must have, they must have literally somebody must have just been in and in a let's just you know writing down on a let's blue sky think or whatever it is, and oh yeah let's just do that and it, it's brilliant it works it's phenomenal absolutely phenomenal, but um, Tower of Terror was brilliant um, we had we did have an issue with um, oh god what's the the coaster called Rock and Roller, Rock and Roller Coaster. Rock and roller coaster. Now, Jack, my little nephew, he was 40, like I said on Universal After Dark, he was 47.9999999 inches tall. 
and to ride that ride you need to be 48 inches and when we took them up to the because you still go and measure them don't you just in case yeah so we went and measured them and the cast member goes yeah he's good to go in go ahead so he's buzzing his head off he runs through the queue and he gets measured again um and then they get measured for the third time just before you get on the ride. Bloody hell. Right? And this is with Carla and how Phil. How does Amanda get on anything? I, I don't know how Amanda gets... I think she just pouts and shows them her tattoos. Right. But he got on, right, with his mum, and he rode that ride in the morning. And something happened. I think the fast passes went down or something. So we got fast passes back for it. For oh no, we got kiddie swap so that we could go on it with the kids later. Yeah. So so in the afternoon we went back on it after Mel Melrose when I'm half pissed. We goes on it, and he gets measured at the front. Not a problem. He gets measured at the second one. Not a problem. And then this little spotty ginger four-eyed fuck. What was that Sharon doing there? <laughs> <laughs> other other types of hair color, other types of hair color are available. Oh, gingers stink of piss, man! They just do me head in. But he basically said, "No, he's not tall enough." And the the poor lad was stretching himself so that his skull was coming out the top of his head. <laughs> do you know that? That and and he was touching it. And we're like, Daddy's touching that. No, he can't. And they went and got the manager. And she come over. And at that point, we're creating a scene. So they quickly shepherd us away from everyone else. <laughs> and measured them again. And she said, he's not tall enough. And we were like, well, he was on the ride this morning. There's a photograph. Your staff passed him tall enough then. But he's not tall enough now. So you're saying he's shrank? <laughs> yeah. So she offered us look. We can use can we? She she actually said we can keep him here with with us, and you can go and ride the ride. No, that's not an option. Okay, well we can give you fast passes to ride it again without him. Which basically we just used a fast pass. So we said no, shove it. Not interested. So Carla was seething. She went to guest services. She got an email address of some woman. She emailed backwards and forwards. And what we got for that compensation of Disney was a fast pass each. That that was it. That, I mean, that's all you'd expect. Do you know what I mean? I, I didn't. But when I'm on Universal After Dark, I'll tell you what I got for... Um, the, the fucking car crashed at his volcano bay. <laughs> you know, funny. No, you know what? Actually, I, I I retract that sentence I was about to start. Ignore me. I wasn't saying anything about volcano bay. Um, <laughs> for reasons that might become apparent later on. So, um, you mentioned about the phantasmic dinner package yeah. that you had, um, and we talked about that a few week, a few episodes back, didn't we, Paul? We were talking about uh, we, the dining party no, in general. Yeah, we were talking about your uh, dessert party, I think. Well, we, right, we were well, talking about no, what it was. We were talking about the fact that um, there's some more dine, uh, there's some more firework options now, 
and how much they were. But oh, yeah, we, we, were. Were, we were looking at, because the Fantasmic one is a hell of a lot cheaper than the others. So, uh, especially the Star Wars one. But I wanted to get your feedback of the Star Wars, because you took some fo- footage in there and also some audio, but we got to see the inside of it. So what was that like? I'm going to, like, I listened to that episode. I think I listened to it while I was on holiday in bed. Um where you were all talking about the dessert parties and stuff. Mm. And for me personally, it's the same as the cabanas that were in Tomorrowland uh, a year ago, and there was an outcry. For me, if you've got the extra money and you can stump up that money and you don't mind spending it, definitely do it. Now, the Fantasmic dinner package is something different. That is because you're going to have your dinner anyway. Mm. Now, that Fantasmic dinner package we did on the Disney dining plan. So all it is is you saying, I'm going to eat with you, and then I'm going to go and watch Fantasmic that that night. So that cost us nothing, Mm. the Fantasmic. Now, the Star Wars dessert party, uh, I think it's... $69 $69 with tax maybe right. at the top of my head and you basically we went in on um, we went into the whole area first we had some fantastic interactions with the, the cast members there they were Star Wars nerds do you know what I mean so they knew their stuff mm. so we're, we're having banter with them we're in the queues we met all the characters, uh, Kylo Ren, BB-8 and Chewbacca, I literally nearly started crying when I met Chewbacca. <laughs> because you, it's Chewbacca. Oh, the costume's great. The costume's Do you know what I mean? Great, yeah. And uh, it, it, it literally took me unawares that how, how, how I would be when I met him. I just thought, yeah, whatever, but... Kylo Ren is a to- Kylo Ren is so menacing and so sinister, and um, he he, he do- It's it's not like breaking character. None of them break character, but he was phenomenal. It's it's going to be interesting because uh, and Peter will probably be able to confirm it. But all the merchandise I've seen, and even uh, the footage that I've seen from the Last Jedi. Kylo Ren doesn't have his mask. No, and I believe there's a possible change in his mask as well. Uh, there's a change in his face. Yeah. They've moved, well, yeah. They've changed the scar in his face. Yeah. Um, for some bizarre reason. But, um, yeah, I, you know, so it's interesting because obviously they've had that meet and greet there for probably about 18 months or so now. Um but this new, you know, the next Star Wars film, Kylo Ren isn't going to have a mask. So it'll be interesting to see if they keep it up or if they try and do a Star-Lord. And I hope they don't, because, I mean... Oh, God, no. You know, that, that Star-Lord at Magic Kingdom Did... is, is appalling. Well, he's in Hollywood Studios, oh, actually. That's, so that's what I meant, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't get to meet him. We forgot about him. Because he's not advertised, he's not on any of the documentation of the characters to meet that day. Um, and it was only as we were walking out the park one night, our Eve said, oh, Star-Lord, and it was too late at that point. But the Star Wars area, so we just stayed in that Star Wars area meeting the characters, and then at a certain time, 
this is the beauty of it. You just go up to a cast member and say, hello, we're here for the dessert party. Okay, could you scan your magic band? And that's as simple as it is, because you've already prepaid for it. They know you've prepaid for it by scanning on the magic band. And then she went, here's your lanyards. Bang, in you go. And it was it was in the, the, the far corner. And we literally, while we were in there in the queue to meet the characters, we watched them setting it up. So this, hundreds of cast members just descend, putting up tables, bringing out all the desserts, setting up the bar. And then it's just ready. And it it was good. I I enjoyed every minute of it. I enjoyed the free cocktails, of which I drank approximately 12 of them. Oh, hang on. So, so this dessert party wasn't just cakes then? No, no. And it was, it Soft. was alcoholic cocktails? Yeah. Or? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, it might uh, be worth it then. <laughs> I may have, I may have uh, prematurely made a decision on the Star Wars dessert parties. I, I ate some of the desserts. There was, obviously, there's too many there for you to eat. Um, you know, one of each. They had a little savoury section, which was very much appreciated. Um, some of the stuff I can remember was... Um, cheese on on sticks with an olive on i think and then there was hummus different flavored hummus with sliced up pita breads you know just just something that isn't dessert do you know what i like like? kids party from the 80s yes pineapple pineapple and cheese on sticks do you know what i like about hummus and all these these different flavors of hummus they all taste like hummus and therefore oh shit I love hummus. Have you ever put hummus on your pecker? <laughs> no, but I have, put, I have put chappy, apparently. <laughs> oh, we know great. you have. Yeah. Have you ever got toothpaste in your chap's eye? <laughs> well, that's uh, this week's show title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Amanda's not here and it falls apart this is it, this is why I said we should postpone it no, let's troop on um, okay, so I mean, that, I mean that does sound good and that's why it's good to have <laughs> what, getting toothpaste on your chaps well, you know, on a quiet Sunday no, you, I'm in the Star Wars it depends on the toothpaste now the the, um, the fresh <laughs> the barman was called Bruce my name's Bruce. Exactly. I'm ready to face. G'day, Bruce. And he was taking tips, so I tipped him, and I said, look, can you do some acting for me? And I got him to talk to the camera, and he made some cocktails for me. So literally, I would get in the queue for the cocktails. I'd get to the front. He, he was, he'd he save you with two cocktails. That's all you were allowed. So I'd get the two cocktails. I'd run back to our table. I'd drink one of them. Hang on, hang on. Is is our table like one of your family members, or no? Our table. We had a table. Oh right, sorry. You know, it's, it's confusing with you scousers. Yeah, yeah. So we had a table. Now the table was for standing. None of the tables were for sitting. So in a bizarre sort of thing, everyone in the Star Wars dessert party sits on the floor because they they don't provide t- chairs. <laughs> Oh, God, it's like taking my son to school this morning. 
it's just weird. <laughs> so that was the only weird thing about it. People are just sitting on the floor eating their desserts. So you've got a table that you need to stand at. So it's already like four foot off the ground. And then everyone's sitting on the floor. <laughs> so that was the only thing I'd, I'd criticise them for. It should be tables and chairs, but it's not. So I'd put me two drinks on the table. I'd drink one of them. And then I'd go back and get in the queue again. And I'd get to the front again, and he'd save me again, and I'd go, and so the circle of life was complete. I had about 12 of them. I was wellied. And then coming out, um, the the lead, two stormtroopers come in and lead you out then to the, the VIP section for the fireworks. And... The gift we got at um, some sort of what? Uh, not an X-wing. What's the baddies? Um, what's the Yeah, a Tie Fighter popcorn fucking bucket thing. Well, because there was eight of us, <laughs> we got eight of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We brought one home. The rest of them we left in the hotel room because these are huge. These are huge. Um, so they lead you out then into the so you feel special because the stormtroopers leading you out and then we watch the fireworks then again standing it's not sitting and it's it's sort of to the back of the area but prime viewing if you know what I mean and you know they do the sticky tape so you've got your own sticky taped area basically to see the fireworks and I've seen them at Disneyland Paris in February and they were amazing and I've seen them at Hollywood Studios and they were better so and it's purely because of what they're projecting onto mm. what's them big triangle ships called big triangles that the baddies oh, have you mean the Star Destroyer that's the one. Yeah, you can fit you can fit a whole star destroyer on the Chinese theater basically, and as as the film footage, the fire and the lasers, lasers are flying above your head. It's absolutely brilliant. I wonder. It's so, a, do, I mean, do you think it was the same footage they used in Disneyland Paris? Or no, may maybe it might have been, but no, because. The mapping is different for for the buildings because obviously they're using the Tower of Terror there, yeah, and yeah. which is tall and narrow, and here it was long and short, just like our cocks. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm glad you said it, Nick. <laughs> I was waiting for a moment. Um, cocks after um, dark. That's uh, <laughs> there's this week's show title. So um, it's, I mean, it sounds good. And it does sound better than I expected. There was only one other thing I wanted to ask you about the dessert party. In your video, you went up to one of yeah. the counters because I mean there was there was loads of desserts. You know, there were, like tables full of desserts of all different types. But you went to a bit that was a bit like looked like ice cream, but yeah, it was like um, oh, dry ice. So that was Nutella mm. that they literally put into dry ice, right? And oh, it was okay. beautiful. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And I videoed, you know, I said to the girls, do you mind if I video you? Um, 
I loved it. I absolutely loved it. it, it I would recommend it. Hmm. Um, we also did the Pirates and Pals um, dessert party. Was that the one you did last time on the boats? On the boats, yeah. Yeah. So we so we did that again. So it was in one of the um, lounges in the contemporary, and we literally just had tea. We'd had our dinner in Chef Mickey's. So we weren't hungry, but so we'd had an all you can eat buffy, uh, and then we goes up to the dessert party. So at the dessert party, I had a slice of cake and a cup of coffee. Right, so Captain Hawk and me comes out, and you go and meet them. And because you're in this, it was a lot quieter than what it was two years ago. That's what I'll say. Mm. So you got a lot of time with Captain Hook and Smee. And they loved... We had our little baby Rose with us. She's one. So they loved her. They loved Carla. What, we, what we'd what done in the afternoon that day is um, all the kids and Carla had paid to get made up as pirates in the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> now, again, that was that was empty. We had the whole thing to ourselves. Um, I can't. I don't know what the cost is. I can't remember. But again, it's it's if you're just doing something special, it's it's the opposite to the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique. It's for boys or it's for girls who want to be pirates as well. Yeah. Totally immersive. They're all in character. They're all pirates. Um, the videos on the YouTube channel that I put up. Yeah absolutely brilliant so we literally we did that as pirates they all come out as pirates we went on Pirates of the Caribbean we we're expecting all the cast members on Pirates of the Caribbean to be you are pieces of eight pirates and no one did so we were like oh right okay because all the kids had eye patches on and pirates clothes and makeup and everything you know, when you come out the Bibbity Bobbity Boutique, if your princess stays as a princess all day, cast members are curtsying to them all through the day. Like eight hours after the event, the cur- hello princess and the curtsying to them. Um, they didn't do the same with the pirates, unfortunately, on Pirates of the Caribbean. But we went and we did the Pirate Desert Party again. It's Mickey ice cream bars, it's cake, it's various little it, it's there's not a not much desserts it's popcorn it's all that type of stuff it's more savory type stuff really um you met them and then you go out onto the seven seas lagoon in your boats there's two pirates they have a boat each and it's basically a stand-up routine a disney stand-up routine while they're getting in position for the fireworks and then when the fireworks come on, the music is piped through the speakers on the boat, mm-hmm. and you watch you watch the fireworks. Um, and then it's more stand-up routine as you're coming back. And then when you get to the dock, Peter Pan's waiting for you, so you get some time with Peter Pan then. And Peter Pan was absolutely amazing. So again, that's that's another extra. Um, it was worth every penny. How are the fireworks now that they've changed them? Does it still work? Well, 
Well, I had I had severe reservations about that because we'd seen on YouTube how castle centric the fireworks are. Um, but yet they were. That's good. The, the, it's we seen them fireworks three times. The first time was on the the pilot's boat, and I'm a wishes man. Wishes re- will reduce me to tears, literally. Wishes. wishes, wishes. Right, that just gets me. These fireworks aren't far off. I had, I, I had moments. Now it's literally, it's just the greatest hits album of Disney music, basically. Mm. But it just gets you the fireworks. Wishes is just fireworks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. These fireworks do tricks. <laughs> Pick They're, a card, any card. They do, they do, though, don't they? Though, they were absolutely amazing. Did he? And God, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you what they did. I'll leave that for when you go and see them yourselves. Mm. But the fireworks, the the time and to the music, um, whether they're exploding in the air on the beat of the music, or whether they're firing up from behind the castle on the beat of the music, it it's choreographed within an inch of its life and it's absolutely amazing so the first night we seen it on the seven seas lagoon the next time we seen it we snuck into the polynesian and watched it from the beach there and then um, the third night was i think it was the last night of the holiday we were on main street and we watched them and the castle just pulls it all together it works from the poly it works from the Seven Seas Lagoon, but in front of the castle is the best. And what we didn't do, which we will be doing next time we go back, we will be doing a happily ever after dessert party because you get your own reserved. Remember, you could have fast pass hmm. for the, the fireworks, right? So when you went and did the Wishes dessert party on the... Um, the noodle station they did one dessert party and that was for like 60 people or whatever and you had your own table and you watched the fireworks while you were eating your desserts they've cottoned on to the fact that why are we doing that for 60 people so they have several dessert party times through the night so you can pick a time I think so they have so you can fit maybe 180 people and then that fast pass area they're all closed off now you can't fast pass into there anymore that's all for dessert party people and it does that much space in there people are just lying down and everything on the floor watching the fireworks <laughs> prime prime that's where i met um, tim tracker at mickey's not so scary halloween party he was in there because he'd um, they'd been invited by the Disney Parks blog, him and Travis, you know, the little bearded buffoon off um, Grimgarin and Gaze. Mm. Him, him who pays no bills, him. Um, them two were in the reserved area there, and that's where I went and shook their hands and said hello and all that. So I, I still haven't watched. You what, a big fan of the podcast. Well, obviously, tra- 
Travis knows us, obviously, but uh, Tim Tracker knew of Diz After Dark. And, of course, the Diz knew who we were as well. The Diz knew who we were. Craig and the other fellow who's just happy to be here. <laughs> Rhino. Oh, no, it was Corey, wasn't it? Corey, yeah, yeah. I, do you know, to meet Craig, I mean, he's a ginger, <laughs> but he, oh, it took me breath away. And Kerry was nearly crying because she loves the Diz and she wouldn't go and meet them. So I said, I'm going. Come on, come on, come with No, she wouldn't do it. And I went, do you know what? They're too nice. All of them, all Travis, Tim Tracker, Craig, and um, happy just to be here. Can't remember his name again. <laughs> Corey. Corey. All of them were fucking brilliant. Yo, what's what's Kerry going to be like when she wings me? Oh, she'll just fucking slap you. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, she has uh, she has met me, but it was it was before, you know, before we were famous. Yeah, it was we was four episodes deep before we were bigger than Dis- Disney Brit. Um, we went to obviously we went to Animal Kingdom. Now, Animal Kingdom for us uh, at best was a half day park. <laughs> I think that was safe for most people. Right, so. Animal Kingdom for us would be rope drop, get in there, get done what you want to get done, and get out. I'm going to say now Animal Kingdom is a full-day park. Animal Kingdom has come of age. It is unbelievable. So there you go. You get Because you're a, par, a hotel guest, you get early park admission. And everybody is running to the flight of passage. Everybody. So we went on the boat ride twice with no queue. It was empty. Now, on um, Disney Dream Girls, Michelle this week has said that that boat ride is a minute and a half. I, I've got an issue with that. I think it was about four and a half minutes. It's not a minute and a half. It's not a minute and a half. No, no. My sex life is a minute and a half. That's that's two of my sex life, so <laughs> it's not a minute and a half. Um it's beautiful. It's not the greatest thing you've ever seen, the boat ride. It's beautiful. And that's all I'll say on it. It's a it's... avatar world after all. And and that's the thing, it is classic in the same way that Small World is and Pirates of the Caribbean is. It's a typical classic Disney ride, isn't it? Exactly. It's amazing. The detail, the level of detail that has gone in there is absolutely breathtaking. When you're looking up at the big leaves above you and all the frogs are jumping from from leaf to leaf and you can watch them going across, that type of stuff, that type of storytelling is absolutely... It is Pirates of the Caribbean. It's Pirates of the Caribbean for the next century, for the next millennium. It's it's phenomenal. But well, hang hang on. Let, let's let's knock it back a bit, right? Because I know I know kind of what you're getting at. But Pirates has drops and stuff. Yeah, this has nothing. Yeah, so it's more like it's, it's a small world. Yeah, but. Like I say, they've used the modern technology that they've got at their disposal now, yeah. and they've used it well. The screens, whether they work or not, maybe. Um, 
but the rest of the ride, it's beautiful. And the animatronic at the end is absolutely phenomenal. It's broke now, isn't it? Is it broke? Someone said they'd taken it out last week, but it was back in again, I believe. Yeah, they well, just put a stripe light next to it now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was phenomenal. Keep up the theme. <laughs> now, Disco we Disco we had a fast pass. We had a fast pass for flight of passage for the afternoon. Wow! So we went and had breakfast. We went round the shop, and then it was starting to get really too crowded. So we left, and we went and did the rest of Animal Kingdom at that point. Did they have uh, banshees in the shop? Yeah, okay. and they were plentiful. Yeah, they had, and they had sex, sex tails. Woohoo! <laughs> Uh, the breakfast I had a breakfast pod bun thing whatever it was called it was very very dry do you know you could get these pods can't you yeah the bow buns is that what they're called yeah it was very dry but it had a, a roasted spring onion on it so it was good it was nice <laughs> I think it's the first time I've ever heard that sentence it had a roses spring onion on it, so it was good. Um, <laughs> I had a shit in Pandora. Well done. Did it yeah. float down the river ride? <laughs> so, so by definition now, I own Pandora. <laughs> um, when we went, now I'm not being funny, right? As we were walking out of Pandora that morning. The flight of the um, hippogriff, whatever it's called, was over a three-hour wait, right? And there was some poor cast member standing there with a pole saying, this is the end of the queue. That was his job. So he was basically selling golf balls <laughs> on a on the side of the road. <laughs> Did it say for sale? Or yeah. Golf balls for sale from Golf America or something. And um, it was three hours from that point. And when we walked back in later on in the afternoon, it was two hours at that point. We went on fast pass, and we were in within ten minutes. So they must have a fast pass only, and and everyone else. Do you know what I mean? We literally walked on the ride. Yeah. And I haven't felt the way I felt about the ride since I first got on Hogwarts. When I come off Hogwarts for the first time, I was crying with, with do you know what I mean? With, with Malaby tears. With Malaby tears, yeah. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't cry getting off this one. I was almost crying. But I won't go into what they do with you, but the effect in it is absolutely stupendous. It's the best ride in the whole of the world. It's really funny, isn't it? Because, I mean, we started this podcast not long after it was announced. And, you know, we kind of shat on it from a great height for quite a long time. And now it's here. um, And, 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 you know, you've now experienced it. Um, And I think... And even even leading up to the weeks before when we first saw the ride vehicles, I think everyone was a little bit shocked as to what it looked like. But um, I, I think it, you know, and I've only seen 
footage of it, but I think it looks amazing. Um, and I kind I, of know how it works. I can see that in the videos, but that you know, I'm not going to see it for a long time, so I don't mind kind of spoiling it for myself. But it does look really impressive. And how was the 3D? Because I mean, I know you said like Fallon was like the best 3D you'd seen. It was on par with Fallon, right? It was phenomenal. It it was. I don't want to go into. I don't want to ruin the illusion of of how it starts because I don't know. I don't know how it happened. We're we're sitting on this piece of metal. You've got this fucking metal in between your legs. You're strapped in, and you're looking at a wall, and then they plug you into the avatar system, and just some shit goes down that I'm not prepared to go into. Mm. And next thing, you're flying on a banshee, and you shit yourself when it when it when it takes off and it dives. It takes your breath away. It's absolutely the whole. I didn't want to get off it. I didn't want it to end. And I, I don't know how long it was. It couldn't have been more than three minutes. But oh. I think it is actually. I think it's. I think it's longer than that. I think it's uh, just over four. It's absolutely mm. just. And I only got to ride it once because a kid he swapped. The kids got to ride it twice. Right. Um, and it might have been wasted on them, but I don't know. They did, did love it, but. What um, you also took some footage of of the night in Animal Kingdom now, yeah, and yeah. I mean even on on your your video uh, camera that looks really impressive. The bioluminescent, yeah. the The camera doesn't do it justice. Everything mm. I shot there was on an iPhone Seven. Everything, mm. so it didn't do it justice at all. We when they would when um, Carla and Phil took the kids on flight of passage um we sat with the baby for a like a good 20 minutes while they were on the ride going through the queue and riding it and all that and to just sit in pandora looking at the floating mountains looking at the waterfalls just dropping down and like jim hill has said on some of his podcasts the pretend waterfalls the, the forced perspective the pretend waterfalls in the distance you've got hundreds and hundreds of people trooping past you but you forget about them you're just looking at these floating mountains and it just it's it's weird it's it's almost tranquil in there yeah for the crowd and the crowd levels in there were ridiculous but while you're sitting there just chilling out just just looking at stuff just pulling out new things that you haven't seen, you know, just, it was absolutely phenomenal. And when we went in the night time, just me and Eve, we stayed for the, um, the nighttime show. That's the Tusker house was the, um, we got the tickets for, that was the nighttime spectacular thing there. The rivers of light. It's a nice show. It is what it is. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't anything breathtaking. I would go and see it. If you haven't seen it, I would go and see it, and I would do a dinner package. So we had Tusker House. We had a fantastic meal in there. All you can eat Buffy. Um, the characters in there were brilliant with Baby Rose, and um, that show it was it was a nice show. And that that's they'll ruin it by putting Disney characters in it. 
because it'll cheapen. You haven't got Mickey Mouse in um, in Epcot bombing around on the fireworks or none of that. They should stick to the guns and leave that as it is. You don't need Tarzan or fucking no other shit in there. Just keep. It was it was just a nice show, but we watched the show. Kerry and Grace went back to the car, and me and Eve literally had twenty minutes in Avatar in the dark, and the cameras don't do it justice. It's absolutely stunning. Poor, there's too many people in there. For now. For now, I hope it. I hope it gets an expansion. I think it will. I I think it's well. I I don't know how much room they've got left, but I think it's done better than. Well, it's probably done what they hoped it would do, in an ideal world. But it's probably done better than they it, they actually were kind of ready to accept, because I think you know the fact that you know the the movies have been delayed and you know it's taken so long to build it. I think they were hoping it was just a moderate success. I don't think they could have expected it to be as popular as it's actually become. Did, what I will say, right, the cast members, I purposely spoke to cast members and all them cast members were on the planet um, Pandora or whatever it is. Is it Pandora? Yeah. Yeah. They were on the planet. We I've been here for three months and they were totally in character and they were desperate to tell you information about the planet right you go into harry potter and the wizarding world of all that bullshit and you've got cast members talking about halloween horror nights that you went out to the night before so harry potter has got the theme and everything like that but the actual storytelling side of it has been forgotten there was there when me and Eve had an afternoon where Eve bought a wand and we went round doing the magic tricks and there was witches out there and they were in character. They were being witches, helping kids do the spells, at the, all the interactive spells. Um, but the, the wizards at the tills, they're just staff. At, at Pandora in Avatar, they had, they'd flown across the galaxy and they were on that planet mm. it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant how does it so one thing that I think Universal do really well um, especially on Islands Adventure is you know you kind of go from one land to another the music changes you can't hear what was behind you it's like if you're going from Jurassic Park to Hogsmeade for example you know the Jurassic Park music fades the Harry Potter music starts and you're completely submerged in that. Animal Kingdom, um, to me, always kind of feels a bit of a mishmash. But you're going from stuff that's kind of based around, you know, Africa to then going to another planet. How does that transition feel? Does it feel odd out of place? Or have they managed to... No, because it, it wasn't a sudden transition. From what I remember, it was a gradual transition. It was a good long walkway into avatar so you don't notice it right you just you just notice that the 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 plant life is changing and becoming alien right okay. uh, 
I can't even remember the music in Avatar. No, well, I, I mean, I, I just. There, I don't that. think that. I don't. I don't think there is any music in Avatar. What there is is animal noises. In all the bushes and all that type of stuff. Right. And it changes uh, of a night time and becomes a bit more aggressive. Get you. That makes sense. You know, the hunters question, come out. Question for you, Craig. Go on. N- now that Avatar's there, do you think that completes the four parks and justifies the fifth gate? Definitely. Definitely, because... The push in DVC, the nature of the beast of DVC is you've got to keep expanding DVC. So you've got all these people staying on property now, which you know how many hotels Disney have got. I think, yeah, definitely bring a fifth gate in. I don't know what they're going to put in it. No idea. No, I don't either, but I just I just felt that that finally completes the four parks that they've got. Yeah, and yet I mean, there's still room for expansion, obviously, in all of them. But I think as full day parks now, I think all four of them are. Oh, Animal Kingdom um, was one of my favourite days, and in fact, it might have been my favourite day. Well, we're, and we're going to come to that in just a second. My 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 thought there when you said that, Paul, about fifth gate and that was it's a shame about hindsight because can you imagine if what they'd actually thought about and done would have been like Disney's sci-fi kingdom and it had Star Wars land, Avatar land, Marvel, all in one gate. That'd been the perfect storm, wouldn't it? Yeah. Chucking all those those outside influences. Yeah. And and it would have, and it would have yeah. kept people moaning about the influence of, of out, you know, technically outside of properties invading Disney, uh, whilst kind of still keeping it all under the same umbrella. Um, but Craig, what I wanted to pick you up on Go was on. Um, you said that about the best day, but I seem to remember on your video that you had one of the greatest nights of your life. Oh yeah, and it wasn't at Animal Kingdom. Where was it? Epcot. To drinking around the world. Yeah. That was something special, and that was that was down to um, Mr. Dolan's beautiful daughter. Basically, she got us the best seats in the house. Um, so basically, we started off. We we drank around the world. We were sensible. We started in Mexico. Uh, at Mexico, we had a drink each. Uh, in fact, we got five drinks for the four of us. But then, as the countries went on, we were literally getting um, two drinks between the four of us. In some places, we were getting one drink between the four of us. We went past the UK into Canada. We had our last drink then, and then we went into the UK. I had Nuki Brown, and then I stopped drinking. And then we went and, seen, uh, we went and checked in, and we were given a prime a prime table for the to view the fireworks on that was one of the nights where we treated ourselves and had us paid for the starter um again the top tip is book the rose and crown around half seven because the fireworks are generally nine o'clock already off the top of my head i think it sounds about right yeah you know so about half seven eight o'clock book the rose and crown 
and when you go to check in, go about 15 minutes early and ask for an outside table with a view of the fireworks. And they will tell you, you might be a little bit delayed getting your table, but we'll do what we can. And you will generally get that table. But we got the, we just got the table, basically. Um, and then to start the fireworks off, one of the girls came out and picked Grace and Jack to start the fireworks. So they basically dressed them up with a crown, a sash, and a wand each. And I think the, the chant was faith, faith something and pixie dust. Faith, faith trust, trust and, and pixie dust. Pixie dust, yeah, Which, that's it. You know, they're missing a trick, though. They should really make them sing um, We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. That would work better. Because mm. it becomes a chant. So there's faith, trust and pixie dust. Faith, trust and pixie dust. And then literally... They go bang with the wand just as the fireworks kick off, wow. and the two, the two kids are breathless. You're choking back the tears. You know, it's just I was on the diet coke at that point because I was blitzed, um, and we just stayed there all night. And we had starter, main course, dessert. Uh, we spoke to Heather. You know, she come out. All the all the, the staff who were on that night presented us with a signed menu. Uh, so, so they all signed it, and it was all signed, but with the where they're from in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. And we just stayed there till the end, and because we knew we didn't have to run the gauntlet to get out to get on the monorail or to get out to get in your car. We knew our hotel was five minutes away. Mm. So it it was just, yeah, that might have been the best night of the the holiday. But the best day was definitely Animal Kingdom. Which is a first. I mean, I don't think, you know, one year, two year, three year, four year, five year ago, you would have heard someone say that their best day was, was spent at Animal Kingdom. No, definitely not. So it goes to say, not. you know, just what an impact that the world of Avatar's having already. And hopefully with further expansions as well, you know. Obviously yeah. there's more stuff planned. Um, yeah. Cool. Oh, well, thank you for that, Craig. Um, we still have a fair bit of news to catch up on. Um... So I'm going to start with you, Mr. P-Dubs, because I know you had a few things that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, uh, mainly I, I think we just wanted to talk about the, the hurricane, I think. Um, not, not the Denzel Washington film? No, not no. My, uh, my relations film. Um, <laughs> I forgot your brothers. <laughs> How silly of <laughs> Yeah, quite clearly. Yeah. Um, Brother from another mother. Yeah. Literally. Um but it's it's quite nice to see that Disney World didn't sustain too much damage. I, I think uh, it's nice to say, just full stop, that Orlando seemed to be relatively unscathed because we had just, listeners there as as well. Um, but compared to the poor Caribbean, which is completely yeah. decimated right now, it, they got it. They may have got it bad, but they got it light in terms of damage. Yeah. The the eye went straight through Orlando, but by that point it had already reduced to a category one, mm. and 
very minimal damage, mainly just uprooted trees, a few tiles off hotel roofs, and I believe the one major, I think, bit of damage that I've seen in in the actual parks is I think one of the spires on uh, Space Mountain has snapped off. Um, hmm. But other than that, that seems to be the only major damage to attractions. Which do you were working on that while we were there? They had scaffolding all around the top. Yeah. I think they were and painting wonder, it, and yeah, and I wonder whether something they were working on something and hadn't finished it, so it's come clean off. Um, Something's the only the picture I saw, of, yeah, the only picture I saw was from one of the hotels, um, but the castle's intact, mm. no problems with the castle at all, um, which is great news, despite the fact that people thought they were taking the spires off it. Oh, that got uh, me up. <laughs> The before, before, before yeah. <laughs> um, but no, everything else seems to be in fairly good nick. So they were they were very very lucky. And I think Universal actually remained pretty unscathed as well, from what I've seen. Yeah, I've not seen any pictures of the actual park itself, whether there's been any damage. But from what I could tell, there doesn't seem to be to be any major damage across well, any of the theme parks. Disney Disney put out an, an announcement, didn't they, saying what had been damaged where. But yeah. it seemed to be mainly the hotels that had been affected, not really the parks. Um, yeah. I've not seen anything out of Universal yet, but I mean, my my concern was... I, I, my concern, of course, because our craze going out there, um, was around Halloween Horror Nights. Because, let, let's face it, it's temporary. So... The buildings themselves, where the attractions are, are, are pretty much inside. But the the theming around it and the queue areas—that's all stuff that's outside. It's all temporary. So I was worried how that might be affected. But as far as I can tell, or I've seen there's been no real damage. No, uh, the plus point with the the mazes is that most of them are built on the side of other buildings, so are, are fairly well protected. Yeah, and and so a lot of the mazes are in sound stages anyway. They, yeah. they do have tents, obviously. I couldn't tell you how many tents, but the the thing with all the parks is they're all hurricane proof, yeah. up yeah. to force five. You know, so there will be cosmetic damage, of course, there will. But they've got teams there ready. They had the uh, Walt Disney World um, tweeted out pictures of two cast members underneath the railway station at Magic Kingdom in, in all the rain gear, they're there monitoring what is getting damaged so that when the storm passes, they're literally out and the teams are fixing and repairing and getting everything. So the the parks will be open tomorrow and you, you wouldn't have known that there's anything happened. In fact, I just they did put out a statement a few hours ago, Universal, um, and it says that um, Universal Studios Florida, Universal's Islands Adventure, and Universal's Volcano Bay all be opening at 9am on Tuesday, September 12th. In addition, we can confirm that our Halloween Horror Nights event will begin as scheduled this Friday. Um, so, yeah, very. Uh, our destination saw relatively minor damage overnight involving fences, trees, signage, and building facades. So, um, that's, that, that's it, really. Uh, I did see one of the uh, the billboards as you drive into the Magic Kingdom yeah. uh, blew off and revealed a Stitches 
um, escape new uh, attraction poster, which must have been from two thousand and four. So, uh, <laughs> so there's always a bit of history where you don't you least expect it. Um, but no, I mean, I think that you know, as I said, considering what's happened in the Caribbean, they've, they've pretty much come away unscathed. Um, there, uh, apparently, Orlando's only at sixty-five percent of people having electricity at the moment. Um, but again, the theme parks won't be affected by that. Um, I mean, our download figures might be affected by that. It all depends. But, uh, but certainly, the, the parks themselves will be completely fine. So, um, I know a few people that are going out there soon, like this week as well. So, um, at least it's good news for those people because. Um, you know, it looks like their holidays will probably go along with with no major hiccups, um, and, and hopefully people can start trying to get back to normal after the last uh, week or so of turmoil. There's there's nothing more dramatic than an American, is there? No, no. I think you're. I think you're right. I let's be, let's be you honest. Know. I mean, you know, I'm not saying the song wasn't serious. Of course, it was serious, but you know, there's been a build up of at least a couple of weeks to this event. You know, petrol, like places running out of gas, uh, supermarkets, shelves being bare, all this kind of, you know, people leaving town, all this stuff for a storm which lasted about four hours. You know, I, I, I love Tim Tracker, and I, I watch him daily. Um, I watched him doing a, a tour of his... His storm, you know, he seems to be. He was a boy scout, Tim Tracker. Right. He he can skin a pig if he wants to. He's he knows what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? He had enough food, and it was all food that wasn't perishable. It was all food that wouldn't, um, you know, didn't need cooking. It could just be eaten. Basically, he it's Twinkies. It. Yeah. Yeah, and all that palaver. There's two of them in the house. Two of them and a dog. He had enough food for 17 people and a herd of elephants. And like you say, it was a four-hour storm. Yeah. You know, he had enough water that he could have had a bath in fresh spring water if he wanted. So there's nothing more dramatic than an American. Everyone in Florida should now donate all their spare food to the poor fuckers in Arabia who are all sleeping on the floor now in blankets with nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's where as I said it's, it's really been uh, affected. I think so. I think Orlando's pretty much really remained unscathed, and the fact that it's got it was category one by the time it hit. I mean, it was category five when it was out there. So you've got. Um, You've got all the storm drains. You've got everything. Orlando will be back to normal tomorrow. Uh, Miami might might take a couple of days, but I don't know. There was there was quite a bit of damage done there. I mean, I think that might be a couple of weeks or so, but it's certainly not. They've they've got off light, considering how it was being hyped up. They've they've got away. Um, they've got away lightly with it. Um, Paul, I'll tell you one thing that you did mention you, you were going to possibly talk about, you've probably forgotten now, oh, yeah. is uh, the uh, the holiday sunset greetings. Yes. Yes, the new uh, holiday season in Hollywood Studios. Um, obviously, they're looking for a direct replacement for the Osborne Christmas lights, and they seem to have stumbled upon it. Um <laughs> It seems like they're using the technology that they actually created 
for Disneyland Paris with Tower of Terror. Um, partly for this, they're going to be projecting Christmas scenes upon the Tower of Terror in Hollywood Studios for a start. Um, and I believe the billboards that are above the uh, the buildings along Sunset and Hollywood Boulevard will be amended to be moving pictures celebrating Christmas characters. Yeah, that's the bit that interested me, I think, the most. That that really is seems it, quite interesting. Is it going to be Christmas characters or holiday characters? Can I hear a can of worms being opened in the background? Well, you, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, don't I just... Um, but no, I mean it's it sounded it sounded pretty cool, and it's as you say, I think they were lacking that that holiday spirit after the Osborne lights disappeared. Yeah, so it's probably a cheaper replacement and one that they can tinker with as they kind of go. Yeah, seems to be and obviously best. there is now somewhere for the Osborne lights to go back to if they should care to. Now that the Grand Avenue. Is due to be opened. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they would still be called the Osborne Lights? No, because that contract ran out. Well, that's exactly. why I got rid of it. Didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think so... they should bring it back. Bring it back. I think that'll be stunning in that new area. I was always shocked that um, it, you know when I found out it wasn't actually Ozzy and Sharon. <laughs> I, I was yeah. Right, I where's the fucking remote Sharon Sharon I need to turn the fucking lights off Jennifer I'm paying for this electricity Sharon <laughs> um, I I wanted to mention a couple of things uh, the first one is uh, the, the Christmas season at Disneyland Paris because there's been quite a lot of anger uh, with what they're doing in Disneyland Paris for Christmas uh, for, for Halloween or what they're not doing for for that, but Christmas they seem to be pulling out all the stops. Um, yep. There's a new Christmas parade, um, Mickey's magical Christmas lights, which are going to be uh, in the town square. Frozen singalongs coming back at Chaparral Theatre, which is closing soon as well. That's closing early next year for major refurbishment, um, and then they're actually doing stuff in the Hollywood Studios as. Uh, no, Disney Studios, Walt Disney Studios, not Hollywood Studios. We um, both do that all the time, Nick, it's alright. Oh, oh, good. I'm glad it's not just me. Um, but again, going back to what they're doing at Hollywood Studios, uh, they will be projecting a Christmas show onto the Tower of Terror. Yeah. It's making the most of that. And uh, Goofy's going to have a show in there as well. Um, and in front of the Magic in front of the Magic Castle in front of Cinderella's Castle no Stephen Beauty's Castle Jesus get my parts all modelled up tonight there's um, so many fucking castles there are there are uh, Stitch's uh, Merry sorry a Merry Stitchmas it's called so Stitch is going to get his own Christmas themed show um, so I've now got a reason to uh, to go back uh, this Christmas season so, which I will try and do because I I haven't done Christmas at Disneyland Paris in about uh, about eight years, and it does look like this will be a good one. So um, I, I'm looking to see if I can get away for a few days with my wife. 
but um, no, please. We we shall see. Um, and and the other thing I wanted to just bring up was um, we got some photos the other day. I don't know if you saw this, Paul. Actually, um, yeah, I did. You did. Okay, so uh, our friend uh, friend of the show, Patrick Goring. I'll probably say his name wrong now, so he'll probably just tune out of us now. But um, he sent us some photos of the um, equivalent to food and wine that they're doing in Disneyland Paris at the moment. Um, yeah. Between the, it's only a short run. It's eight to twenty fourth of September, so it's just yeah. kicked off. Um, and where it's different to food and wine in, in Epcot is that this is completely French. Which, when you think about it, makes sense because of where it is, I suppose. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the Parisian square in the studios. Um, and Which what... is never busy enough as it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's make it even more busy. Um, and what they've done is the all the food stands are based around different regions in France. So it would be like local delicacies. If you put them in the microwave. Well, yeah, but you know what? I I imagine that that's what they do in Epcot as well. Like, all the food is kind of pre-prepared. It's not really cooked fresh. But a lot of places do that. You know, so I'm not I'm not too surprised that the food isn't, you know, cooked fresh. It's kind of pre, pre-prepared and then he- reheated. Um... So, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, he did say that the portion sizes were quite small. Like, one of those wouldn't fill you up for, like, dinner. Yeah. But then, to be honest, that's the same with food and wine. Yeah. Isn't it? It's almost like tapas. It's I like, suppose, it's like it? a slider, isn't it? It's just yeah. like a, a yeah. taster. Yeah. yeah. About, it's like... about, $5, uh, $5, about $5 or so. Seems to be, like, an average price for one of these yeah. as well. I might might test some of the alcoholic beverages after the half marathon. Oh, yeah, do please, it. please don't do it before you start the marathon. That could no. get quite messy. But uh, but yeah, so thank you very much for for sending that in, uh, Patrick. Um, he's you always people that um, contacts the show and it always feels like he's a nuisance for contacting us. No, absolutely not. Please, anything you think uh, might be interesting, please send it through. We love um, having. Uh, listeners actually, you know, kind of talk to us because it means you're there. So uh, yeah, thank you very much for that. Um, was there anything else news-wise that anyone wanted to to bring up? No, no, no. I don't follow the news. I'll be honest with you. No, you leave it to you. Leave it to us, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I so. just comment. <laughs> all, all I want to do, right, is genuinely. I thought this holiday this year could have been, and I'm being honest now because I'm full of whiskey, but this holiday could have been a car crash because we we were going away with my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, and their two kids. So you've got two families there, eight of us in total, and people argue, you know, stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm going to swear down now when I'm not being, this isn't the way I re- renew me, review me movies. This was the best holiday I've ever had in my life. There wasn't a crossword between the two families. 
the door, the in, the joining door between the two rooms got opened occasionally. Um, we laughed, we drank, we ate. The kids got on with each other. I know the cousins anyway, but do you know what I mean? Doesn't matter. There, there was no, there was you know there was the odd meltdown off the odd child who was exhausted because we were doing a fifteen-hour day, but on the whole, the whole holiday was an absolute riot. So much so that both families nearly bought DVC together. No. It was wonderful. And I'd just like to thank... So I'm, I'm thanking Carla and Phil for not being a fucking pain in the ass like normal. <laughs> uh, and, but uh, my wife, I've just got to thank her for planning everything uh, to, you know, the fast passes, the ADRs, the actual holiday, where we were going to be, when we were going to be. She planned everything down. She had a great big folder with everything in it. Um, so thank you, my wife. Oh, that's cool, man. And now on to the after dark holiday planning. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, yes, well Craig, is, Craig is going away, um, as, we, as we do know. Um, you're going away so, solo, aren't you? Me in yeah. in Universal uh, on the same flight as that Florida guy. Why, uh, I think it's just going to be me wanking into a sock in oh, Cabana Bay, oh, crying. <laughs> oh God, it's going to be like American Pie. Kerry's crying now. Listens to his podcast. <laughs> oh, she loves me really. <laughs> She's not I'll take air socks. You'd be alright. <laughs> it's worse. Um, no, that, that I mean, that's I'm really pleased for you, and and I know like you know you're you're someone who likes a villa as well. So for you to kind of almost do a 180 and say you know you almost bought DVC and you know staying on sites the new uh, the new black that's that's big. So it must have really been amazing. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll talk. We'll we'll do a DVC yeah, show. We'll do like maybe next maybe next show we'll do that. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll go into it because we did go and have this DVC meeting, and I swear to God, if you're considering DVC, do the sums because it ultimately pays for itself. Hmm. Uh, and I'm genuine there. Well, let's let's because... talk about that on the next show. Uh, especially hopefully we'll have Mr. Ripley back then as well, so uh, we can talk about it in a bit more detail. But there, I, if, there, if I've ever heard a cliffhanger, that is one. So is that Sylvester oh, did, Stallone film. Did I tell you I did a 100-mile bike ride last week? No, but you can mention it now. I did a 100-mile bike ride last week, and I've got an ingro... Do you know the Bridge of Death? No. It's just that, that bit of skin in between your bum hole and your balls. Right, and uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, on this week's uh, episode of Diz After Dark. It's very rare I have to step in there. Um, but I think I think it's the best. I think it's the best uh, before we start talking about Craig's taint. So, um, thank you. Oh, um, sorry, one, I'll leave you one top tip. Don't watch Baywatch, it's rubbish. Um, Craig, thank you for sharing your holiday with us. Um, Do you yeah. know why it's called The Bridge of Death? So, Craig, thank you very much for your holiday. Because um, uh, one slip and you're in the shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. 
can't believe it's gone out. Um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, I, I love the fact that you can talk about your your holiday and share that experience with us uh, and the listeners. So thank you very much for that and the audio as well. The audio is cracking, uh, and I'm sure the the people on Patreon will will attest to that as well. Uh, P-Dubs, thank you very much for jumping in at the last minute. I know that uh, you were busy and now you're regretting it because it's getting really late. And thank you. I'm going to lay in now. What a show. My my hours have changed. (laughs) Because of being busy. So I'm going to lay in now. You're a jammy, but what a fucking lay-in. Yeah, (sighs) I'm still yet to... to My kids get up at like half past five to know what a lay-in is. Um... And thank you, dear listener, for, for sticking with us. Um, we'll be back next week, possibly, if all goes according to plan, with a DVC special. Uh, not the shopping channel. This is the Disney Vacation Club. So more on that on the next episode of Dis After Dark. I thank you. I'm going for the poo now. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. That's P-A-T-R-E-R-N dot com slash disafterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t-shirts available as a thank you for your support. Podcast.